On today's show, we enter the third film of writer and director Jordan Peele. A California horse ranch family witnesses strange happenings in the sky that end up interrupting their day-to-day lives. Join Bethel and Jesse as they review Nope. Welcome to Reels and Ramen. Welcome to another episode. I am Jesse. I'm Beto. And I'm Felipe. You heard that right now. We have another special guest. We got our buddy Felipe here to join us for this episode of Reels and Ramen. And we're here to talk about Jordan Peele's Nope, his third film in... Is he calling this a trilogy or some sort of... I don't know. I didn't look into that. I don't know what he's calling it. But Felipe, thank you for joining us on this episode of Reels and Ramen. Thank you for inviting me. I'm really excited to be here. Really, really excited. I've been looking forward to this, actually. It's been... what This show's been in the making for quite a while, hasn't it's, it? It's been in the making for quite a while, and we're finally getting to it. So that, it, it's been an exciting uh, run, actually. Thank you for bringing that up. Bezel, how about you? How are you feeling on the show? Good. I mean, it's, it, it, it forces me to watch more movies, and it's, it's <laughs> nice because there was for a while where I wasn't really watching that many movies, and yeah. I'm getting back into them. Let's go. So yeah, as usual, we jump into the history of the film we're watching, whether it's the people who make it or the films they have made. Our history with what we watched. We'll start off with you, Felipe, since you are the guest. What is your history with either Jordan Peele's work or his other films that he's made? Uh, well, I'm more familiar with, uh, what was the name of Get Out and uh, Us. Mm-hmm. Get Out, oh gosh, that is a spectacular film. I, I watched that a couple of, some years ago. I, I was blown away by that. <laughs> quite quite a it, it really puts you into different. Um, it kind of changes the what's the what I'm looking for. The usual stereotypes and conventions you would expect out of the film, mm-hmm. which is something that really uh, I appreciated out of that. Us, unfortunately, I didn't get to finish all of it, so I got to see. Supposedly, there's like it's kind of a polarizing film from what I've heard, but at least I saw half of it, and I was enjoying half of that. So I've only seen about two of his films, to to be fair. And of course, it's this third one now, which is Nope, which we'll get to that in a bit. Beto, what about you? What's your history with Jordan Peele's stuff? Uh, we grew up together, actually. We went to Chicago. Um, no, I don't even know. <laughs> 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 uh, no, uh, like watching, uh, like, I, I remember him from like Mad TV a little bit, uh, but more more from uh, his uh, his show uh, Key and Peele. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't watch it a lot, but like there's a couple of sketches that are like really funny. Like like the, it was a long lasting show, and as uh, one of the like like there's a Chappelle show that like took um, Comedy Central, and like it pretty much it was the main show for Comedy Central. And then uh, there was really not much after that until Key and Peele. And Key and Peele, which is pretty much kind of became um, like after I, I would guess after South Park, it would be like the the next biggest show that they had. And, uh, uh, at least a uh, sketch show. Um, so I watched a good amount of that, but um, I've seen uh, both of his movies completely. I, I like the uh, Up. I'm, I'm sorry, Up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Pixar's Up. He does have a Pixar connection, though. Does, does he? he? Yeah, he was in uh, Toy Story 4 as one of the Oh, uh, that's the right. Characters. Uh, I never saw that, but uh, <laughs> sorry, I meant to say Get Out. Get Out. I've, I thought like that was like one of the. Uh, I don't know. Felt felt like was something that's uh, so unique at the time that I, like I don't. There's not a lot like it. Even now, like, there's uh, 
I don't see much like it. I thought it was a, uh, uh, like really fascinating. Just like the, the their take on like the, I don't know. I guess whatever. Uh, I don't want to spoil it, but the yeah. uh, the, the plot that they had mm-hmm. for that movie it was just uh, it was really interesting because like I I'd, I'd never seen anything like it. And then I, um, what was it called? Us. I did, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Us. I don't remember as much. Uh, it was good, um, but I enjoyed I enjoyed uh, Get Out a lot more. Yeah. And then this, of course. Ooh, I'm looking forward to hear what you have to say about this film. Mm-hmm. But you just. I never watched a single episode of Key and Peele in my life. I only ever watched the skits that were either posted online, you know, so I never actually sat down to watch a full episode, but I would see massive amounts of skits. So I was familiar with Jordan Peele from those skits because a lot of them you're seeing the best of the skits, you know, Um, and and I liked it. You know, I thought I, I thought. They were funny. I never got the assumption like, oh, this is the next thing after uh, Chappelle show. But then hearing a lot of people taking that like, oh, they're just, they're just doing what Chappelle did. And I'm like, oh, well, I, I mean, it's, to me, it was just comedy. Like, it was just funny. Like, two funny friends who were comedians yeah. doing skits and stuff. Nothing unique. You can, It was like anything like a, whether it was SNL or In Living Color or any yeah. other type of sketch comedy show. But I get yeah. what people were saying when it came to that. It was but more it, like it was. It was like because Chappelle was like it was so huge back then, and then yeah, like when yeah. it came out, it was, I mean, I wasn't comparing it to it, just saying that it was like it was. It oh, wasn't yeah, as yeah. big, but it was. It was still pretty fucking big. I wasn't like, saying as in like comparing because what you said, I'm yeah. I was talking about more other people. Yeah, like no, I, I would I, say, but yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, like, again, I, like I was thinking about that. Like, I never watched the. I never. I don't even know if the show had an intro. I never even mm-hmm. saw and knew if it had end credits. I just only ever saw what was ever. Like you know, uh, recommended on YouTube, you know the shorts yeah. or the sketches, or or um, whether it was a social media app or whatever someone posted. But then I remember he was uh, became a director and a writer for a film, and I was just like, oh shit! So my first assu- assumption was, oh, is he making a comedy? Because he yeah. he had done movies like I saw. I remember he did like a you know he was Keanu. of course Keanu, yeah. And I just remember oh, really? being like, yeah, yeah. Well, he did a movie. It was Keanu, but the cat was named Keanu, and it was him and. Yeah. It was Key and Peele, and and they were both in it. Yeah, but I never, I never, I don't know if he wrote. Did they write it or I didn't? I didn't really get. I think they both did. Okay. Question. I don't know. But I don't think he directed it though, Um, because that this would then Nope would have been his fourth film. Yeah, when I remember it, it was just like a big thing. Like, oh, he made a movie. I just assumed it was a comedy, uh, not knowing what it was yet. And then I, you know, it was Get Out, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. But the only sucky thing about Get Out was it was ruined for me people had just i forgot how it got ruined but they 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 gave the twist right so i was like man that's a bummer so like i kind of stayed away from it because sometimes when that happens with the films if someone gives away the the key thing about it you know mm-hmm. i try to at least stay away from it long enough to where i kind of forget it and just play it and then i'm like oh yeah that's what happened right yeah but it was hard to not already not forget that what the movie was about right yeah without i don't want to give anything away just you know but when i finally sat down to watch it it didn't it didn't fucking matter it was done <laughs> so well yeah. that it still got me i would have liked to have known how it would have been not know anything but even though i knew something things were still surprising you get what i'm saying like it was yeah. it's weird without ruining anything 
it was still great. Like I was like, man, this is awesome. Like everything about Nope was great. And so I remember being really excited about watching Us and Us. I remember I watched it with you, Bethel, and our buddy Joe, and we went to go watch it. And I went into to his second film going, okay, I always hate when this happens. Someone who's like an acclaimed director, uh, whose first film like does really well, and now people just want the same thing. And I was like, I don't want the same thing. I'm not looking for the same thing. I want to see them expand. And uh, for me, Us expanded. It, of course, it wasn't gonna be i knew it wasn't gonna be better than get out but i enjoyed it for what it was so i really did enjoy us you know i i felt like it had some problems but nothing to the extent where it's like oh this, this film's garbage and uh yeah i can't wait to talk about his newest film because i have my opinions on it but yeah that's pretty much our history with jordan peele and his work now it's on to the review for Jordan Peele's Nope. As usual, this is a non-spoiler review. We're going to try to go into it as much as possible to not spoil this film for you. But, uh, Felipe, since you are the guest, what is your review on Jordan Peele's Nope? Where do I even begin? It is... I can't believe it's connected to the MCU. Yeah, I mean, you should have seen, seen how fucking Thor showed up. Yeah, it was that was the twist. It's like, oh, no, this the, is the actual ending to Thor: Love and Thunder. Daniel, yes. Daniel, Louis is actually the Black Panther. He is the Black Panther, dude. And then Kiki Palmer, she's like, the, what? She was a new heroine now. Yeah. Uh, but no, seriously, uh, this this movie was great. Um, I'm still kind of processing the whole film overall. Mm-hmm. There's uh, a lot of uh, themes and metaphors that are still kind of uh, up in the air. I'm, I'm still thinking about, well, what does this mean? What does that mean entirely? So first impression overall, I give this a, a good 8 out of 10 so far. Mm-hmm. If I have to give this a rating. It is it is uh, based on the trailers we got. I, I Well, first and foremost, I avoided trailers as much as possible. Yeah, I only saw the single first uh, teaser trailer we got in the movie theaters. And it was just alluding to some something up in the clouds. But what is it? What could it be? So once I watched the film, uh, I got to notice that it's something a little bit different than what I thought it was going to be. So I felt like I got the rug kind of pulled out of my underneath my feet a bit in this film. Nonetheless, it's still a great film. Uh, again, I still give it a good 8 out of 10. Like, there are some, some very iconic scenes in this film. And I think you know which ones I'm talking about. <laughs> Not to get too much spoilers, it's the one with the. It has to do with the, the house. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was quite the, the scene right there. Um, that out of everything, that's I think what I remember the most, and it kind of left an impression on me. And I thought, what is it cool to see it like in a Universal, uh. Like Universal Studios horror, yeah, yeah, horror nights kind of situation. That'd be pretty cool to see. It might happen but, because it's a, it was a Universal film, right? Yes, uh, and if you state after the credits, you see a little teaser regarding. Yeah, Tobeto, mm-hmm. what about you? Um, I dude, I I love this this movie. It was it was uh, it was great, dude. Um, so like the uh, for me the standout performance was uh, obviously I'm pretty sure you guys would probably agree with the Kiki Palmer. Yeah, she was great. Yeah, she was yeah. her, her charisma, like it's 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 crazy how like 
just how enter- entertaining she was. Like she was, she was like like the comedy in it. A comedy in it. Um, Daniel Kaluuya's character is more like a, a stoic character, but uh, with the Kiki Palmer, like she didn't overdo it with the uh, like with the silliness. It was like just enough to where it was like it, it was very believable. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, for like uh, yeah, I don't want to get too much into like specifics yet, but it had a this type of a suspenseful, I guess, slash horror type of movie uh, that I grew up watching uh, that, uh, that, uh, that I actually enjoyed as a kid. And this, this was uh, uh, something that, that reminded me of that, that, uh, that made me like it just, just as much. Well, not just as much, uh, way more, rather. The genre of this film is... Would we agree that it's more of a thriller yeah, suspense movie, not a horror movie. I would yeah. say, yeah, yeah, for me it is. I think for a lot of people, it could also still be a horror movie because it does have the suspenseful moments mm-hmm. uh, in it, and there are moments. It, it does a lot of things, but yeah, no, yeah, for me it was more suspenseful. Yeah, yeah, um, like I have to agree with Bethel. Yeah, Kiki Palmer, I think, really is the star, mm-hmm. the real star of this film. Mm-hmm. She's you see her the most, you see her re- uh, interact the most with most characters in this film as well. Yeah. Daniel Kaluuya, he's great, great, uh, great actor, and I mean, I, I felt for him for the traumas he was going mm-hmm. through in his mind. He, he was just like I said, so stoic the entire time. But really, yeah, Kiki Palmer, he, she really stole the show in this film. And then there's also the other side uh, characters. I don't remember the actor's name, but the fries guy. Oh, Brandon Pera. <laughs> yeah, Brandon Pera. Yeah. Yeah, he was. <laughs> He was a cool side character. I feel like he's the type of guy that I would work with. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was like, gosh, I totally see this guy, and I could totally, I totally see him as my coworker. I, I would, I, I know those types of people, and I, and you, Jesse, I think you would agree. Yeah. With he's- me in the front. I, when I when that movie started and, and he's a fries worker, it's not a spoiler. I was like, is fries still open? <laughs> I was just like, you what? know what? It was funny. I thought the same thing. I when and so sorry if it's a slight spoiler, but yeah, Fries is in this movie uh-huh. as like a as a, a set of sorts, and it's also used as a small plot device as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, the first thing I thought of when I saw that, I was like, "Wait a minute! Fries closed February of 2021. How is this still around being filmed?" So I started thinking, "When did they film this primarily?" It had to be filmed sometime after that or before that because the fries you see in that film, I think, is the one here in Burbank, if I remember correctly. I think it is, yeah. yeah right. I've been to that one and it looks a lot. It looked the it looked a lot like the one that that they had where before it closed. Yeah, I'm not sure how the building is like now. I don't know if it still has that UFO crash in the building. Yeah. So I don't know if it's, they filmed it recently, if it was filmed right before uh, they closed. Because in the film, real history, Fry's was kind of like going downhill, as we all know. And that's why it closed down. It looked as decrepit as Fry's really did at the time before it closed. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. In there, nobody wants to help you. Yeah, exactly. No one wants to help you. Everyone just hates their job and hardly any product and whatnot. So it kind of looked like it was right in that prime time before it closed who knows it'll be a mystery to me but mm-hmm. that's that's all i had to say regarding that uh one thing i wanted to mention about the uh about so the i i really appreciated the trailer thinking back at it because uh 
when I like I only watched that first trailer and then I saw parts of the second trailer, but I closed my eyes because I don't want to want to watch too much of it because I feel like it would give too much away. Yeah. Uh, but if you rewatch the trailer, it it really it it doesn't really tell much. Like it's it's a lot different than when you expected. Uh, so that's something that I, I really appreciate because a lot of movies like nowadays they give up pretty much the, the whole plot in the, in the trailer but this one kind of made you think uh it was gonna be something else than uh, that it actually was it subverted your expectations yeah i'm glad you you watched both, all of them i i'm the opposite i try to avoid uh trailers as much as possible now for the same sole reason that you mentioned yeah. that too many trailers these days kind of show the entire plot of the film and defeats the purpose of even watching the film to begin with yeah uh, and that's why I didn't watch any of the trailers. But you're right. I I remember only watching that teaser trailer. Kind of same impressions as you. It was it doesn't really get much enough. It's just enough to just kind of grasp your attention and think of that movie later on and say, hey, I want to see that movie. Mm-hmm. That looks fucking dope. Yeah. Wow, you guys really liked it. That's man. It kind of it kind of upsets me to be honest because fuck what. Every episode we've done, we've enjoyed the film, and I wanted to find something not to enjoy. And not that I wanted to go into this not enjoying it, but I, I freaking enjoyed it too, man. It is yeah. such – what I appreciated more is, is look, a lot of people aren't going to appreciate this, or a good chunk of people are. Everything that a film is made – how films are made, setups, moments, just like cinematography, just all that. Like, like Jordan Peele did such a fucking great job. Like, I can't, I was so excited in the film watching it because every little thing has has something to do with what the story is, the storytelling, the payoff, everything. Like, nothing is left, the, the, the art of cinema, the art of telling a story through visuals is kind of a lost art now, really, in, in, in most films. You know, a lot of films now, not everything has to be that way, but I always appreciate how films that are done well and use visuals to tell a story this was just done so well that I just was gushing from ear to ear while watching this film. Just everything yeah. about it. And I agree with you guys. Kiki was the fucking best part of the film. Like, she was charming. The way Angel was, was that employee that, like, right when he showed up, I'm like, I don't like this guy. Get the fuck out of here. I hope he fucking <laughs> dies. But then over a while, it's just, it's just, like, it's different types of characters that I just loved how they did it. Like, I, I don't yeah. know. A lot of it was just done so well that to me, honestly, this is look get out was fantastic, right? Such a great debut film, such a well-crafted, well-made film from Jordan Peele that it's going to be hard to top. Right. Um, but man, Nope is my second favorite of his and I enjoyed us, Mm-hmm. But nope, I really liked it. I liked how it was. I liked how it subverted your expectations. I liked how even if, and I even asked Bethel after the movie was over. I'm like, hey, he saw the second trailer. Uh, I had left. Uh, we had I forgot what movie. I think we went to go watch Thor. I don't know what yeah. movie, but the second trailer happened. He's like, good thing you weren't here, man, because nah, they showed a lot in that trailer. So I asked yeah. him after we finished the movie. I'm like, hey, did that second trailer really ruin it? And you were like, no, yeah. it didn't at all. Like, so, I mean, but see, that's the thing. That's not really expected from a lot of trailers. Like, Felipe, you're right. A lot of trailers do ruin a good chunk of the film. Everyone who was in it, even even like Keith David, you know, we know him. For me, I knew him 
growing up as the voice of Spawn in the animated feature. Uh, but he's been in so many films. You know, They Live, John Carpenter's They Live, just a mm-hmm. huge pedigree of stuff. In comedies, you know, there's something about Mary, he was the dad in that one. Anyway, um, yeah, no, really he's like... The, the bank of the Beans. <laughs> um, uh, he, he's so cool. He's also... Uh, most famously known these days as uh, what the, the president Ricky Morty, yeah, it's he's he's there. He's also Doctor Facilier in The Princess and the Frog. Yeah, he oh has a God. huge I, voice acting career too, man. I thought you, I thought you were gonna say he was the uh, he's known for being the voice of the Marines. Oh, the Marines too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the few, the proud, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I could I could keep talking about it, but we'd be jumping into spoiler territory. But like, yeah, it's for me. I don't know. Uh, I I enjoy how much like the art of filmmaking is not to me. A frame is not wasted on just generic nothingness. Yeah, it has a meaning. It had it had something. It was shot well. Even a shot from like the ranch to the uh, like amusement park place had a reason. There was a reason for everything Yeah, that I just, I was so, damn, dude. It just did so many things. And, and okay, where you kind of brought up where it was, oh, it's not really a horror, it's more suspense. I do, I do agree it's more suspense, but even the horror moments, it doesn't stoop to the cheap horror of most horror films. Yeah. Because there's yeah. good horror and there's decent horror and then there's like mediocre horror. You know, and it doesn't fall into the tropes that most mediocre horror films do. And it's less horror than most horror films, and it's more suspenseful. But yeah, man, I I, I really did like Nope. I did. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it for how it presented itself. Let's uh let's get into spoilers. In most spoilers, like when we do them, I'll usually like, oh, we'll go through the movie. But I think if you're here, if you're with us, you watch the film, right? You've seen it. You already know what happens. So we're probably going to be jumping back and forth here and there. But uh, we're just going to get to it. We'll probably go out of order. But I guess I kind of want to just bring up one thing because someone had mentioned this to me. And I was like, I didn't take it that way. Going into subverting expectations, you think it's going to be an alien film. You think it's going to be Flying Mm -hmm. Saucer with aliens coming down Mm -hmm. and abducting people. And it completely turns it on its head. And I don't know. Someone told me this, and I still didn't take it this way. I still took it as a UFO, unidentified flying object. But someone was like, it's a fucking kaiju. (laughs) And I'm like, it's still an... I don't know about you guys. Did... I took it as it's just an alien, but I took it as we didn't, we just assumed they were spaceships, but this yeah. whole time they were just like, it's just one giant monster. It's just one giant monster. And yeah, if you yeah. want to take it as a kaiju, but I'm, I'm to me, it was still like, yeah, it's from space or is it a kaiju film after all? I don't know, but I still thought of it or as one giant alien. Yeah. Yeah. One giant that's alien. It. That's, that's how I took it, yeah. you know, but I just like that idea of, yeah, what we thought was a spaceship. What if it wasn't a spaceship? It's just a whole living thing. Yeah, it's and, an organic spaceship, technically. 
And and don't get me wrong, there was that moment where I was like, oh, it's not an alien. But then I was just like, oh, that's fucking crazy. Yeah. And then once it, it sucked up those people, and we're already jumping ahead, but again, we're not going through order. Once it sucked up the people and you saw it was eating them that way, I'm like, yeah, I'd rather get abducted by aliens and get something shoved up my ass than get eaten the way these people are getting eaten. Cause, and it wasn't gory, but it was still, it still kind of frightened me, that part. It's scary. I was it's, like, damn. Yeah, because it's like, it's like it, it makes it makes your uh, you you think about like it's more of a imagination thing. Like you think of what's going on. You don't you don't like you see them yeah. getting sucked in there and they're screaming and stuff. But you only see like a small portion of that. Like it just makes you think like fuck. That's some. It just makes you uh, I like theater of the mind more. Like it makes you believe like yeah. what's going on. Mm-hmm. It, it makes me work with less, the whole less is more situation. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that, that, that was that's pretty wild. <laughs> Gosh, I, I, that's still in my. Probably the biggest twist of it all is um, is the whole UFO situation where, yeah, it turns out the whole thing is actually one being itself. Yeah. Um, I was not expecting that whatsoever. It's like I mentioned earlier, the, this movie kind of pulls a rug underneath your feet, expecting one thing when it's completely another. And I never really thought about the whole kaiju thing until you just mentioned it right now, but I guess it could fill in as a kaiju film. In this I, case. I, I, I'm, I still take it. It's still we don't know, and that's the great thing. We don't know where it's from. Is it from space? Is it? I'm, I take it as it is. You know, it's yeah. from, it's an it's an unidentified flying object because it was fucking flying, and mm-hmm. we didn't know what it was. But uh, um, yeah, no, no, I, I, it was just someone something someone told me, and they mm-hmm. were like, it was a fucking kaiju movie. I'm like, what? I'm like, I didn't take it that way. Yeah, that's I, true. Kaiju is just a giant monster, right? I mean, mm-hmm. King Kong. I mean, people can say it's, it's a it's a kaiju. I, just, I mean, it's a movie. Yeah. yeah, I mean, King Kong is considered a kaiju technically. I think so. Yeah, you're right. Um, I I remember uh, in the film it was the the, the acronym UAP was mentioned, uh-huh. which stands for I think uh, what was it? Like unidentified aerial phenomena. Oh, okay. Uh, and they never described it as that, but they just mentioned UAP, and that's what it stands for. So, I guess UAP would be the most correct thing, yeah, to use. But I guess if you want to call it UFO, I mean, because yeah, we don't know what it is. It's flying around. Mm-hmm. First time you see it, you just see like the silhouette of it flying around the clouds, and the first thing you see, oh, it's a flying saucer. Yeah. And then the first thing you think of, oh, there's fucking aliens in this ship. Yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> not to get ahead of myself a little bit, but. Remember the scene where uh, Daniel Kaluuya's character he goes out to the to where to the stable where the horses are at, mm-hmm. and he sees the lights turn on and the sprinklers are running and sh- and stuff. Turns it off, goes away, lights go back on. Turns it around, he sees something hiding in the in there near the switch. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that part. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I really, I really got a little, a little, uh, I I got a little bit of chills seeing that that <laughs> crap because yeah. aliens are. Possibly my most impractical fear or practical fear. I don't know what I could call it. Mm-hmm. More yeah. than ghosts or anything else, aliens have always been like my thing that's freaked me right. the fuck out. Yeah. And so when I saw that, I was like, oh, crap. If I were to see that in person, I would not be standing there. I'd be like <laughs> running opposite direction. It's yeah. that. And then it, it, it's going to be spoilers here, guys. But Oh, we're in spoiler there's... territory, baby. So go for it. All right. <laughs> it's on you, audience. So <laughs> turns out it's not an alien whatsoever. They're just kids pulling off a prank. And when that didn't happen, then the whole uh, 
the whole UFO itself is the alien itself was quite a mind trip. Yeah. yeah. Just to think, like, I don't think anybody has done a film about the actual flying saucer being the alien itself. Yeah. And really, if you rethink about it, the only thing that kind of comes to mind is, like, Flight of the Navigator. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, I haven't it's, seen that movie in a long time. Yeah. Right, yeah. It's like, I can't really think of another film where the, the ship itself is organic and mm. the alien itself. Yeah. Audience, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's all I can think of. But it was a, it was more of a, it be, the film became more of a, um, the, the, the prey and, and the hunter and prey type of thing. Yeah. Mm. And, and you start seeing a lot of those, uh, metaphors when the, um, there's another character in the film who's like a seasoned editor. And most of the films you see him uh, editing or working on are on a lot of old analog films and like yeah. 35 millimeter film. And you see him editing that film in an older film contraption where they would, which is used for splicing film. And a lot of that film you see him working on is a lot of just prey and predator Yeah, all the time. And this is before it was revealed that the UFO itself is the predator mm-hmm. hunting for its prey hunt, like, frequently. So that, I thought that was, like you said, Jesse, there's no like wasted free, frames or scenes as to something is alluding to another thing. Yeah. Yeah. Which, there, like I did mention earlier, there are some things that kind of still confuse me of this film. I'm still trying to grasp a few things, but we'll get into that later on. <laughs> Like you were saying, things were set up that way, but also even the beginning when it starts off with the 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 ape that we later find out that is Gordy, and I took it as the film was going on when you found out more of like, oh, this was a character from a TV show in the '90s that Steven Yoon's character Ricky was a part of. That that something just happened. They weren't able to control the ape. The balloons popped, and he just went off. And I took it as like man trying to control animal. But, like, if you do something, they're going to attack. They're going to try to defend themselves or defend their area. And they set that shit up so well, even in the beginning with um, uh, Daniel's character, OJ, when he's at that shoot and he's he's kind of telling people, don't do this with the horse. You got to be careful. Like, you kind of have to respect this horse. You can't do things. Don't look at it in the eyes. Don't look at it in the eyes. And then what happens when people don't pay attention, the fucking horse does the kick. Boom. And then everyone's, oh, shit. It's just, it was setting everything up. And even I, you were right, Felipe. Like, this director, his name was Antlers in it. He was editing the the Prey film. And I was thinking, why is is he editing that? I'm like, there's a reason. And there was a reason. Almost everything everything had a reason. Mm -hmm. Like, it was set up. But, like, that's how I kind of took it was just man trying to control animal. Trying to control something but like when it anger or like when you can't control it in 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 a in a space or something it it lashes out you know mm-hmm. and and i enjoyed too just the whole thing where you see oj in the beginning he does, he he himself doesn't look at people in the eyes he's very You're to right. himself he doesn't communicate that well he needed his sister who his sister was more of a a, a representation of his father otis who who ended up dying real quick i was like oh shit he died like that yeah. was it. That was a, a very shocking moment in the beginning of the film when when all the debris that later we find out is what the, the uh, the alien drops drops like just hitting the ground real hard and it ends up piercing like a quarter ends up piercing the father and killing him. 
you just see all this where she's more like her father than he is more than his father and as the film goes on him realizing like you don't look it in the eyes this is a predator he this is his area don't look at it in the eyes it it sets that up where it won't attack you just like an animal you know it's just, the animal aspect is layered within the film itself where you would think that Ricky who had to deal with Gordy the ape he wasn't respecting it he mm-hmm. was tra- he didn't respect it that's why he got attacked so i to me film becomes something like you take it any way you can you take it the way not the way you want but what you get out of it and to me it was him showing that he did not learn from his experience and he did not respect nature mm-hmm. so i don't know i'm going back and forth to different parts in it but yeah this film was awesome <laughs> i just liked yeah. it dude it was just so good just it's the way how films are made by telling things visually you know yes and you could take things also a different way this could be taken in a, in a different way and you can have a different meaning to it yourself personally and you're not wrong it's what you get out of it and that's what i yep. got out of this you know whether i'm right or wrong i think that's kind of what i got out of this and, and sometimes film evolves too when you watch it again or or in a different mm-hmm. mindset or in a different time you know it, it changes so it definitely can yeah you bring some good points right there it's it's quite a film like you said it's it's most films these days i, I call them junk films or junk food films mm-hmm. whenever they just literally give you everything on a silver platter oh dude i love the marvel films i love the mcu mm-hmm. films but those are fast food like yeah. for real like they are and they're not bad it's good fast food you like it you know uh-huh. and sometimes it, you'll get one where they oh it's all right i don't feel good yeah yeah, exactly. It's like they're literally junk food. It's you can just watch them, have them in the background, and you have an idea of what what it was. But these films, you're gonna be very attuned as to what's going on on screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, little details will go over your head if you're not paying attention, and that's the beauty about film. It's the whole point of film as an art is to make an audience react, mm-hmm. make you ponder. That's the whole beauty of it. There's more to it, like you said, depending on time, circumstance, emotions, set of mind, you will take certain films or a film with different perspectives. Age could be one thing, time of day could even be a a different thing that could cause your perspective uh, or change on a certain film. And all these films have layers, uh, and they have so many layers we can unpack on, on this film, and right now we're doing it. I mean, we just watched it once each, right? Yeah, yeah, and these are just our first impressions. It makes you wonder what would this be like if we had watched this film two or three times before we met up to talk about it. Yeah, a lot of things can change on how we feel about it, or we get more out of the film. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm really down to watch it a second time and really like yeah. give it a very thorough uh, like review on this. But overall, this is quite a film. Um, uh, like the only other film that's made me react this way throughout this year was Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yeah, yeah, I like that one. That's my favorite movie of this year so far, and I don't think there's any other film that can top that at all this year. But that's the only other film that made me think the same way. It, it is quite a quite a phenomenal film. My 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 hats off to Jordan Peele and the crew yeah. for creating this film. And thank you for bringing that up about uh, Gordy, the, the, the chimpanzee. Uh, that's the part that kind of was uh, confusing me. And 
but now that you've mentioned it, yeah, you're right. It's it's about the respecting the animal. This yeah. is their domain, and it makes all perfect sense with the the uh, the UFO alien thing. Yeah, because I think that's that's it, it sets it up. It shows that that how how Mother Nature is and how people try to control Mother Nature animals, and sometimes it fucking turns. It turns. They even fucking say it in a. They even say it in the movie with a. Who are the guys in Vegas when the tiger fucking attacked them? They mentioned their names. Siegfried and Freud. Siegfried and Roy. Oh, Siegfried and Freud. You're right. I don't know. I don't know why I was gonna say Siskel and Ebert. (laughs) 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 But but yeah, you know they mentioned that like you can't. It could just happen in an instant, and that part is fucking like terrifying. You're like, oh shit, is he gonna notice him? Uh, And. He does notice him, and you as an audience were like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit, you know? And then what Gordy was known for was the fist bump. And yeah. then, you know, he, he the young little Ricky is going to do the fist bump, and, you know, everything's set up well. I'm like, wait, he had blood on his face. Oh, he's, he's going to get shot. And, and it happens, you know? Gordy gets killed. Did you notice? I, I noticed this. I'm pretty sure it meant something. I don't know what to take from it. But you know when 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 his character is under the table hiding because he started attacking everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's the scene where Gordy sees and Gordy goes closer, and there's the um, I would say what the tarp or the the yeah, cloth the that's over it. There's a yellow strip that's above it that kept cutting into frame because that's what you're you're in the viewpoint of Ricky at that yeah. moment with the color of yellow. Later toward the end of the movie. When you're face to face with the alien, when it opens up into like yes. it's like a butterfly type of thing, you see that yellow again. I don't know what to make of it yet. It hasn't hit me what it yeah. was, but I'm, I noticed it. I'm like, why is the yellow here again? Is it because yeah. we're seeing from that point of view again? Are we are we looking from that view? I'm trying to remember that scene, but I just remember the yellow strip of the yeah. yellow that we also saw. That I don't know what to make of it right now, but that really stood out to me. I was gonna mention something about that too. The uh, the the mauling scene where the where the there the chimp uh, just like attacks everybody. Mm-hmm. So you're the point of view of uh, Ricky. He's looking at at the chimp, but I have a feeling like I don't know. I'm just guess, guessing uh, that he didn't get attacked because they didn't really meet eye to eye because of the uh, either he either Ricky was looking at the you know because how did that how there there was that shoe that was just standing straight up. Oh, okay, yeah. So That's he was either looking point. at that, yeah. or the uh, or the yellow little plastic thing was covering his eyes, so they couldn't really meet eye to eye. If, I'm wondering if that like that thing wasn't there, if he would have been attacked, or maybe he, the chimp had more like a a, a friendly friendship with him that he didn't attack it. Yeah. Because like because uh, like the whole the whole movie is like about not not like respecting animals and like. And don't look it in the eye because it's gonna maul you. So I'm guessing like it. Oh, everybody on set was like looking at the eyes, obviously, because they're like they're terrified and they're looking at it. So he gets attacked, but mm-hmm. he was the only one that that wasn't looking at it, so he survived, maybe. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah, probably, yeah. yeah. This is one I want to watch again. I agree, yeah. Felipe. And I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't know it was filmed in IMAX. I kind of want to see it in IMAX. Definitely. You know, it, it seems like it would be a really nice one to see in IMAX. Man, there's a lot we can talk about. I don't know, Bethel. I'm sorry. Uh, is there anything you wanted to say about it? Um, yeah, I, was, I wanted to mention that uh, this movie kind of reminded me of Tremors, uh, but uh, <laughs> okay. this guy, 
Uh, that's what I didn't want to give up earlier. But yeah, I'm um, watching this. It, 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 reminded, it reminded me of that. And I, I liked watching Tremors growing up. But this, I mean, this is way better than Tremors. But uh, it gave me that uh, that that hint of uh, of that movie. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about that, but you're right. You know, going back to that scene you were talking about the with the chimp. Did anybody get a an idea as to what that shoe meant? No, when it was standing up, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Just, that shoe, right? Yeah, that that shoe, that just that single shoe with the blessed thing, just standing upright, ever so perfectly, but yet so imperfect that yeah. it has a blood sting. Like, what does that mean? That's the one thing that still puzzles me. To this, yeah. Like, still, as to like, what what does that even mean? And for Stephen Ewan's character Ricky to keep it and all that memorabilia, what? Why yeah, did he keep it? It was kind of strange how how he obsessed over that. Yeah, he obsessed like, over a tragic spectacle. Yeah, so like, and even and even when he talks about the uh, the SNL sketch where how 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 Chris Kattan was funny, like that's not believable because he's not funny. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like he how how uh, how obsessed he is with it. It was kind of like like he he ended up getting so obsessed with it. Like he ex- ended up exploiting the uh, the um, the with, with jean jacket pretty much like using yeah. uh, the horse to to like bring out the. Uh, that monster so as an attraction for him for his own like uh benefit maybe it's like uh i don't know maybe it's something like where he personally survived it and just maybe got cocky and was just like oh i survived that you know while everyone else either got really mauled or or something else and i kind of took i I liked how they set up things too because oj was selling a lot of the horses to kind of keep the the business afloat because after his his dad passed away but I liked how they kind of set up where he's just like, oh, I kind of want to make an arrangement. Uh, I'm giving you luck. He's one of my good horses. Uh, you know, a, a buyback policy. And he kind of has a look like, oh, uh, yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. And I yeah. took that as like, this fucker is not going to sell that shit back. He knows that he's not. He's he's going to keep these horses. I didn't think it was for anything. I didn't think he was feeding the horses. I just yeah. assumed they it, it was set up so well that it wasn't obvious. You just thought it was a guy like, yeah, I'm not going to sell you your fucking horses back. Yeah, like, right. you're, you're not going to be, you're selling me way more than you can't afford to fucking buy. Like I took it as he, he kind of was like, Oh oh yeah, for sure. Like you can't afford to buy these back. There's no way you're going to make enough money. You know? Yeah. yeah. Ricky's character. He obviously looked like he had money while Daniel Kaluuya's character, OJ, he was running out of money. Yeah. And then, the talk about like yeah I'm th- we're talking business and selling the house you're like oh yeah because I I thought it was perfectly set up like oh yeah the business isn't doing well after his dad passed away a lot of people don't want to work with him because he's not his dad his sister isn't reliable so it averts your expectations and you think like oh yeah he wants to buy his business because he wants another ranch to expand his his um his park his his amusement park but then you realize like oh no he wants to make the amusement like because he thinks he can control the aliens you know yeah uh and and i think it's that of him not respecting it and, and oj mentions it he doesn't he didn't respect them he just assumed he could control him and i think that cockiness of control was because of him surviving the gordy thing uh, to you know me. what that makes perfect sense actually yeah. i'll sure make sense of all that and you actually make bringing all that up that makes that would make perfect sense that's what i like about this because we have so many different characters oj emerald well, Kiki's character, Angel, where we're just I like right away. I was like, I don't like this guy. Just fucking put the cameras up and get the fuck out of here, kind of thing, you I know. Um, 
everyone is is unique. No one has the same motives or or motivations or or feelings on things, you know. So, which is what you do. Different variety of characters instead of everyone being very much the same. I like that. There's like that um that first scene where it just shows the uh, the chimp like attacking and then against at the at the camera, and then it cuts to like whatever present day. And then, uh, and then you get the backstory of what happened. That was pretty. That was pretty cool seeing that. Yeah. Um, but um, did you guys when when uh, what's his name? Keith David or David Keith? I always forget his name. Keith David. All right, because David Keith is the white actor. Uh, <laughs> uh, but Keith David, when he dies, do you get? Do you guys hear like screams before that? Like every time something like that happens, you hear screams before that. So like. It's, yes, the, the wailing like, in the sky. Yeah. So it's like it's it's. I'm wondering. I'm not sure if, uh, if like the audience members like get killed or what it is because, uh, or get some of them like did they have some some casualties? Because uh, those sounded like human screams. So I'm wondering like every time you get somebody goes to that attraction, like people get killed or something. I'm not. It's possible. You're absolutely right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did notice that. Like there was a wailing or screaming. Yeah, that would make every single time. But I didn't think maybe, about that. Maybe it was Jean Jacket screaming or making those noises. So I don't know. It, it could have been, yeah, because they do talk about that horse a lot. Yeah. That's a good observation. Mm-hmm. The director who was filming with the old film camera, Antlers, the point where he went up to it, I was like, yep, that makes sense because he says people die for the perfect shot. Mm-hmm. He lived to die, to die to get to the perfect shot. So when yeah. that when that part happened, I was like, yeah, he of course he'd do that. That was like very like, like uh, for the art. Yeah, well, that but it, it reminded me of like those like like uh, was it Randy Quaid when he dies he sacrifices himself. Like, oh, there's yeah. like a lot of that that type of death happens like in movies where they sacrifice themselves or maybe not not sacrifice themselves but like die. I think it die, was dude. it was more of a, a selfish like he yeah. he 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 was he worked so much and like really if you think about it he was he was a great director they say he was a great director but then he was just filming some sort of lame ass commercial shoot photo shoot thing. That he wants to do the best thing ever. He doesn't want to go out just filming probably like uh, Grumpy Old Grandpa, you know, Six or something, you know, some film. So to him, that was everything. And like, yeah, sacrifice, but he didn't sacrifice. They fucking lost the footage. But like, you see that, it it just reminded me of those kind of deaths where like they're they're kind of, sometimes they're meaningless. Yeah, yeah. Like a... I don't know, like a spotlight death, I guess. Like, I can't even like think of what what, what it could be mm-hmm. like. But yeah. it's a very specific type of death where like, come get me! <laughs> <laughs> I will say one thing, though. Um, I, I did wish we'd see... You know how he goes out there to get that shot of him being, you know, eaten alive, mm-hmm. in, in a sense? You know, at the very end, of course, the, the uh, alien gets killed and whatnot. Yeah. And prior to that, whenever it would digest things, it would drop any uh, things it would not digest, such as keys, coins, any metal objects, and things mm. like that. Yeah. The only one thing I wish they could have uh, shown us at the very end of the film is seeing that camera he had as he was being eaten alive actually fall down and they actually captured the camera so we can actually get like that full circle with him. That was the only thing I wish we could have seen. Yeah, at least like, just that camera, like, oh, okay, he got the perfect shot, he got what he wanted yeah, in yeah. the end, and at least he's showing his art to the world, even after death. I mean, for so, him, he, in, I, I guess in his eyes, he got it, so it doesn't really... It doesn't really matter. Because yeah. Yeah. in a sense, too, and this is just going into what most filmmakers say, 
once it gets released, it's not theirs anymore. That's true. It is. It is everyone's. It is. It belongs to the world. So to him, he got the perfect shot. Yeah. He died knowing it was the perfect shot. Mm-hmm. Gosh, that was like I felt bad for the guy. Like, damn, yeah. like all this for for the perfect shot. Like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you you guys bringing up so much good stuff. Uh, one thing I did want to make sure to say was that scene where those kids, which was um, Ricky's kids in the mm-hmm. alien outfit. Because even I was just like, why the fuck would they have alien outfits? You find out, oh, because the dad's getting the alien to come for a freaking spectacle and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, like, that's why they had those alien outfits. So it wasn't just there to like, oh, we need a scene to make people think it was aliens. It was all tied in. But... I like that scene because that's what I'm talking about when it comes to horror. Like, yeah, we said this is more suspense, but it does things that I feel most horror films, I hate that they do, which is the uh, the forced jump jump scare. The forced, like, have really loud music at this part and something just jump out to have that cheap little jump scare. But what I liked about this is, like, he goes back, it turns on back again, he walks forward, and you, I notice, I'm like, what is that in the corner? And then you just see it rise. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, shit. And then you see that one alien, or it's not an alien, it's one of the kids, but kind of poked to the side of that doorway. And you're oh, like, yeah, what the, the fuck? Like, anyone else would have just put, like, the really loud. Yeah. But it wasn't. You were like, oh, shit. And then, you know, the next thing pops up, and then he punches him in the face, and you find out it's one of the kids. It That, I just prefer, I prefer that. Because that was more... Frightening to me than if they just threw in loud music. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Less is more. What you don't see, build it. They did such a great job of, you didn't have to see the alien every time, but they used the electrical, you know, little flying dudes to show when the power was going out because they set that up that when it was near, power would go down of anything electric. So that was a way of showing, hey, it's near without showing the actual alien. You know, so it kind of reminded me a lot of Jaws. Showing the little tubes, you know, that they had it yeah. that tied to it. It was very uh-huh. Jaws in that sense. And they, they, he doesn't have to do that. Jordan Peele, they didn't have to do that. They, we have CG. We have all kinds of things to always show the the creature. But they they used cinema. They used that to still make you tense and be like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. This is the, when the power goes out because the things are going down, you know. And I don't know. You get what I'm saying. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, it, it, it's it's showing you with a a visual imminent danger, yeah. pretty much. Uh-huh. Like like it, 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 those uh those little flappy ear guys that have in car shows, like you said, uh they they show that those things very early on in the film uh-huh. as they're leaving Burbank, and I was like, I had to feel like what was like does that have to do with the, the film at all? And I had and they do bring it up just like you say, Jesse. Um, and it's cool how they use that as a as a device to show the imminent danger in these entire ranch. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's like I said, less is more. And uh, it, it worked great. It really worked great in their favor. It made you believe that danger of this hunter or, or, or predator in this mm-hmm. case, just ready to pounce at any given moment. I don't know about you guys, but when that guy showed up in the motorcycle, I assumed it was a guy, a guy who, who was a UFO researcher. Like that, 
yeah, conspiracy dude that just showed up and I'm like, oh, fuck. But then when they were like, oh, shit, it's TMZ, I was like, oh, that's even worse. Yeah, yeah. I was like, TMZ? I was like, man, you guys can go get eaten by this thing. I don't care. <laughs> and they do. They do. He does get eaten. But you can tell he's just like, Make a, get a picture, man. Get a picture. Like, even he's in pain and broke his fucking legs or whatever. Yeah. And he's still just trying to, to, to buy it. I did not feel bad for that guy whatsoever. Oh, no, fuck no. No, not at all. Yeah, no. yeah I, 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 I left when uh, he approaches the uh, non-electric field. Talks about a UFO. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and uh, I think one of the characters mentions, what, what, what do you get when you have an, uh, um, a moving electrical object run into a non-electric field? And when you just see him in the distance, it's like... Do Eat a shit. fucking Superman. Eat <laughs> shit. Fall on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> you just hear him scream like, ah, in the, in the distance. Oh, uh, uh, man. I was like, I got it. <laughs> it reminded me of the time I flew over a flying scooter myself. <laughs> 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 so, man, it, it was just satisfying to see that guy die, honestly. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> he had it coming. Yeah. yeah. So much great stuff on this film. I don't know if there's anything else you guys wanted to talk about. There's too much to talk about and to unpack about this film. Um, mm. A first impression is uh, this is it. There, mm. There's so much more we can say about it, but there's so many things going in my mind <laughs> regarding this film that I don't even know where to start. Mm-hmm. Overall, it's an amazing film. It really is takes you back to the um, what if kind of situation. Mm. Like, what if the actual flying saucer itself is the alien? What if it's actually just a predator again, like the predator movies? <laughs> yeah, comes out here and hunts its prey. And yeah, always, it's go ahead. I was gonna say I always thought that like, what if like, like as when I was younger, I was like, what if like the aliens aren't aliens? It's just like a whole planet is one alien. Dude, that's, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that's scary. I think it's safe to say that we all enjoyed it. We had a good time with it. I don't know I know I know a lot of people are gonna come out of it like oh it's not as good as Get Out. Yeah, but I don't want Get Out. I want something yeah. new. I, I, and and this wasn't being sold to you as Get Out Two. You know I I'm just I just appreciate the different takes he takes on films and and how how he tells his story, visually that type of stuff I appreciate. And you man, if you want Get Out Two, it ain't gonna happen. You know, like that that film was amazing on its own, and and I'm happy that we got it. You know, mm-hmm. it's 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 back to the um, like the standalone film. Yeah, it, it there's a lot of movies out there that don't need sequels or trilogies or less alone a whole universe, and that's yeah. what a lot of studios want these days. Mm-hmm. Is a whole uh, universe type of thing. Sequels. They're really trying to imitate. Yeah, they're really trying to MCU the whole thing these mm-hmm. days. Yeah. And what I like about this film, it, it stands alone so well. Get Out stands alone so well. I can't speak for us entirely yet. But, um, yeah, you're right. People will say, yeah, Get Out was is a better film. Overall, it is a much better film yet. But not to not saying Nope is nothing to sneeze at, but still, Nope is still an amazing film by itself. It, it wraps up the story. It tells the story it wants to tell, and... Jordan Peele's most likely going to just move on onto the next story. And that's what I would expect out of him, too. It's like, there's no need to linger on the story anymore, yeah. really. That, that's what I would want more than anything. Yeah. I, I know uh, directors can also get a bit of a of a burnout, also. Mm-hmm. 
if they linger with the same thing for too long. Oh, yeah. So, it, yeah, I would honestly prefer, yeah, I work on something original next. I know, Beto, you noticed it, but Felipe, did you notice that Akira shot at the end? Yes, I was going to bring that <laughs> shit up, dude. Oh, my gosh. The first thing I thought of, like, oh, shit, you pulled up an Akira yeah. right now with that motorcycle. <laughs> that, was, that came out of nowhere. I was not expecting that, and that was so dope. Like I was like, cheesy, but I liked it. I was like, is Jordan Peele like going, yo, I could do the Akira movie. Yeah, that was cool. That that was like the most random, I guess, allude, uh, like callback. I didn't expect that out of this film. Yeah. That was dope. But yeah, man. Nope. It's good. Yeah. Now uh, we're going to get Felipe to Movie Theater Sins. Most people, you know, movie theater sins are some of the sins that happen in a movie theater, whether we experience it or not. Before we get to movie theater sins, all I got to say is, and I'm going to set Bethel up, we're in the movie, right? We went to go watch Nope. The movie starts, I'm eating my popcorn, and I hear, hey, turn off your phone! (laughs) (laughs) And And I was just like, and it was Bethel right next to me, and I go, what did I do? Because it came out so fast, so furious. I thought Beto was Vin Diesel, you know? <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, I'll let, I'll let it go. What happened, Beto? I don't remember being that loud, but I guess I mean. No, maybe... dude, you were fucking loud. It scared the shit out of me. Because <laughs> the, light, the a... lights dim, right? The lights yeah, dim. Because the lights dim, and I, I, I see this dude still on his phone. I, I saw him the entire time during the trailers, and the, the lights are still up, so I was like, yeah, whatever, that's fine. And then uh, the lights went down, and then uh, I thought the movie was starting. So I told the guy, hey, can you put, put your phone down, put, put your phone away. And then he's like, uh, he's kind of messing with it, and he ends up putting it away. And I was like, oh, thank you. And then uh, it was actually the the Oppenheimer trailer that I was playing. So oh, yeah. I think, oops, that wasn't it. But uh, that's fine. I was still okay with that because uh, he ended up putting his phone away. And I didn't have to do it when uh, the actual movie started. But, yeah, that guy was, uh, I knew he was going to be. It was gonna be an issue if I didn't say anything because he he looked like he was having fun playing some fucking uh, Candy Crush or something. And, and what happened home. after the movie uh, ended, Brittle? And then after the movie ended, uh, he gets up and he looks up and he looks like at, in my direction. I was looking at him. I was like, if he said something, I would have said something. But uh, I guess he couldn't find out who who was that yelled at him. <laughs> and then uh, he walked away, and I, I guess he like he had like popcorn in his hand or something. And he just kind of like waved his hand up in there, like really pissed off, like he's like he's trying to swat some flies or something. <laughs> he was an older gentleman too. Yeah. Oh really? And he, he was looking up, and he goes, he he left all pissed off. He swings his arm up in there, and then Jesse goes, Jesse, <laughs> Jesse goes, is he still mad at that? <laughs> <laughs> like it's two hours. Are you so mad? Are you still mad? Dang, he held a grudge for two hours. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, so Jesse, Jesse and I were thinking, like, this guy probably didn't even enjoy the movie because I told him to, to turn his phone off. More than likely, yeah. <laughs> I'll turn that phone that long. You're probably the entire time, I'm going to get this motherfucker. I'm going to get him, too. Like, <laughs> all, all for nothing. And honestly, that's, for me, that was the only movie theater sin that Beto experienced because Beto <laughs> shut that shit down before it became a problem. Other than that, everything else in the movie was a good experience. No one bugged. No one's phone went off, which was a first for a long time. 
no one for, that I noticed turned their cell phone light on because I think once Beto yelled that, people were like, I can't fuck with this dude because he's going <laughs> to yell at me. Beto, I'm not joking, dude. You were fucking loud. It caught me <laughs> off guard. It caught me. It caught me off guard. I got scared. I, th- I thought I did it. But yeah, dude. Like, yeah. I don't know about you, uh, Felipe. Was there any movie theater sins when you went to watch your movie or did you have a good experience? It was funny, even if I, so I, there was no cinema sins in my movie theater, mm-hmm. and even if I did, I don't think I could pop that one off, really. So, mine, mine, fortunately, was pretty perfect. There was no interruptions, people were all respectful of the film. As soon as the film started, everybody was quiet, off their phones, nobody was making excessive noise. Even soda or popcorn, food, whatever, I heard nothing from anybody. So, it was the most pristine experience i could have had nice so sorry you guys had an experience that one guy though oh no it was right in the beginning so it was fine and i did it at the wrong <laughs> at the wrong time then but it, but it was actually ended up being a perfect time Shit. I, if anything i can complain some fucking guy yelled in the fucking theater like, ruined, <laughs> ruined my fucking that guy he's he fucking he scared me dude uh <laughs> Dude, yeah, that's dude, Bethel. You, I know oh you didn't, God. you didn't hear it because you, you did it. You were yeah. fucking loud, dude. <laughs> I think you did scare everybody. Holy I, shit! I think I, I, I know I sensed it. I was like, oh shit, that sounded a little, a little too hard. It was fucking. And then we put his, we did put his phone away. I was like, thank you. <laughs> yeah, that was the nice thing. Yeah, it was like, I got the phone. Thank you, thank you, <laughs> thank you, Mister. Sí, señor. Uh. on today's menu we travel to kagami ramen a wonderful restaurant that serves traditional japanese ramen and plenty of side dishes that will have you leaving full and satisfied the guys placed their order in so let's check in and see what they're up to Take it away, Jesse. We went to Kagami Ramen in Camarillo. Kagami Ramen has plenty of different types of ramen. And man, did we get some ramen. Beto, what did you get at Kagami Ramen? I got the it's, uh, old school tonkotsu chashu. As I had five pieces of a chashu in it. Uh, the broth is like a... Um, uh, pork broth, pork, pork bones with uh, a side of uh, a chashu bowl, that chashu rice, and some scallions in it. And it was, when I was, uh, it was kind of like green onions, green onions, scallions, I think the same thing. Uh, how was it? It was a little too salty, mm-hmm. but not enough to like it was to where it was, uh, it was, it was bad. Yeah. I like, so it was a, uh, it was a little tall, but I think if, it, if anybody that, that, isn't used to like that much seasoning or that much salt in their food. I don't think they would like it, but I honestly, I still fucking loved it. It was delicious, and it had a it had thin noodles. I don't, I've never, I don't think I've had ramen with thin noodles in it. And these like they were like super thin, like angel hair pasta almost. Uh, but it was the the it was a uh, it was a nice noodle. It was a fucking delicious noodle. Like I was like, mm-hmm. I finished the bowl, and uh, when we were done, I was like, damn. If I wasn't so full, I'd get another bowl. Yeah. Yeah, because that's, <laughs> that's how delicious it was. But, yeah, yeah it was a little salty, but it, was, it, it wasn't, it it was like, 
you know, like I said, it wasn't too much. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a it's a nice spot. It's I like it. I I've been there once a long time ago. I wasn't really into ramen as much as I am now, so I didn't care for it as much. Or maybe my taste buds changed, and now I like it. But it was a I want to go back to try more stuff because they have like those dipping the dipping noodles, gaming, mm-hmm. uh, where it's um uh, just uh they give you a a cup of broth and the noodles on the side and you dip the noodles in there and eat them oh wow i never had that it looks it looks good but what i had i highly recommend still even if it was a little salty Hmm. what'd you have before i mention what i had i want a little backstory of uh kagami ramen because i actually went with you a long time ago i want to say maybe how long ago a decade it was like a long time ago but it was during a time where I was starting to get into ramen. Besides having yeah. the cup of noodle, you know, your little yeah, cup yeah. of noodles and stuff. Um, I was getting into getting the ramen in San Diego at a place that we would go to, uh, which we liked a lot. And so I had ramen based on that because I really enjoyed it, right? So yeah. ra- my ramen was based around how I had the ramen in San Diego. Yeah. So when you were like, hey, let's go here. It's in Camarillo. It's called Kagami Ramen. Uh, let's let's." you know let's check it out i'm like all right sure cool you know and and again this is coming from at the time when someone who was new at it i'm like looking at the menu i'm like uh i'll get that one right because i think you know it was the closest thing or whatever it sounds like what i've had or whatever right uh we get it and that was the first time you know i've talked about it in past episodes where i'm like corn and ramen is that a california thing like what the hell's going on here there was corn in it and i never had this in ramen and again i was new to ramen uh, was uh ground beef was in it so i was yeah. like is this it's ground pork oh it's ground pork sorry it was ground pork is this how it's supposed to be like what so that really weirded me out and again saying it again i was new to a lot of ramen all i really remember was just being like oh it's okay i could have probably done without the the corn it was kind of weird having the ground pork in it like i, I just it, it was coming from a whole it was a whole new thing to me right yeah so when we were gonna go back there for the show for reels and ramen i was like you know what gonna get the same thing to see now it's been years i've gotten used to many different ramens for this show i've tried a lot of different ramen i'm gonna try it again maybe it's different maybe it's delicious maybe i was being too picky because i wasn't so used to a lot of it yeah their menu changed that was not in the menu anymore so i was like okay well i'm I'm gonna try this and I got the caramiso, which is spicy original pork bone broth flavored with miso paste topped with two pieces of chashu, original spicy paste, green onion, bean sprouts, dried ground seaweed, and sesame seeds. You know, when I got it, the paste was there. I mixed it in. I let it settle in the broth. I let everything warm and get warm and, 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 and kind of settle in so the flavors can settle in. And I took a sip of that broth. Oh my God, Bethel! It was a spicy, light kind of charcoaly taste. Oh my God! It was so fucking good. Like it, the flavor of the broth was delicious. I think a lot of it had to do with you know the pork broth, but also mixed with miso paste and the spicy kind of paste that it had there too, mixed in. Just gave it like this. It's a light taste of charcoal. In, in it like you felt it in the back of your throat but not too overwhelming and you're getting all the flavors from everything oh and the cut of chashu was so fat right you would think oh that's nasty it blended and 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 
spread in your mouth so Wait, fat, good. Fat like fat? it was fat. Really, it was thick. Mine was thin. No, 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 thin layer of fat. Oh, okay. Like the fat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was so like, oh man, it just blended in your mouth. Everything and it had this thick. What kind of noodle was that? I asked you. It was like a thick noodle. I don't know. It looked like it looked like a like a thick like chow mein. It was thick, right? Like when I had my bowl, it there was a lot of broth. So I was thinking, like, oh man, maybe I should have got because you can get like extra noodles, extra chashu, extra stuff in in your bowl if you want. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I should. Oh, man, I probably should have gotten extra uh, noodles in it. Nah. Yeah. Even though there was a lot of broth, there was a lot of noodle. And how heavy and thick that noodle was, I wouldn't have been able to finish it if I had if I had put the extra noodle. Everything was good, man. Everything was per- perfect. The heat was perfect. Not too hot, but not too soft. Uh, not too, <laughs> not too cold. It was like more than medium. It was above there. So yeah. I liked I liked the heat of it. But man, that caramiso. And I told you like. There, there's, you know, from everything we've had for the show, and even ramen I've had before. Sometimes, I'll have you'll have that level of the, the feeling of, of so much salt, right? Like the salt level, right? So you have a lot of that, and sometimes that makes me feel a little weird. Sometimes it makes me yeah. feel a little bit tired, and I'm yeah. just kind of tired. I want to go to sleep because just the level of salt that's in it. I don't know what it was with this. Even at the end of the night, I had so much energy. It yeah, was. Like you when you get hurt, so I can eat some ramen. It feels better. Yeah, dude. It was, I don't know, man. It was so good. Out of everything we've had on the show, man, and we've gone to some really good places. We haven't gone to anything that was upsetting at all. Man, Kagami ramen, especially the Karamiso, dude. Top. It, I like, if you're listening to this, you're in for Ventura County, go to Camarillo, go to Kagami ramen. I honestly, man, the the karamiso, I loved it so much. It was so fucking yeah. good. I okay. I want to go back to try that because I the the tokos because I like tokotsu like I've had it before, um, in other places. But this is uh yeah the if it, it seems like the the karamiso is the more of a the go to one. Mm-hmm. It seems like it was good, man. I highly enjoyed it, hands down. It was fucking delicious. The edamame when you ordered that because you, you ordered we ordered some appetizers I ordered uh, like a bowl of, of chashu uh, just a pork with rice it was good uh, but you got the edamame I was expecting like a sushi place edamame where they give you like a little tiny but they give you a giant bowl of that shit was, like, that oh, was shit. it was fucking hot it was yeah and I've never had it that hot before it was like piping hot yeah it was good though I like I mean edamame is delicious but yeah I like I like the I liked how not spicy but in temperature it was hot. Do you recommend Kagami Ramen? Oh, yeah. It was good. So, yeah, that wraps up another episode of Reels and Ramen. Felipe, thank you very much for being on this episode. Yeah, man. Thank you, dude. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. It was, it was a pleasure having being here the pleasure thank you for having me the pleasure's all ours man we loved hearing your opinion on the film thank you thank very you. much yeah well hopefully you know i can come back some other time you never know uh, yeah. we're gonna do it for uh baby's day out too <laughs> all right i'm looking forward to that <laughs> heck yeah yeah thanks everyone for watching making con- giving us comments and everything it's been fun and uh 
got another uh, good one in the books. Anyway, um, I'm Jesse. I'm Beto. I'm Felipe. Until next time, enjoy your reels and ramen. Thank you.